Welcome to Annual Love Malka. We are running on a different style of Jewish time. What's great about running a program that you can improvise, we'll finish when we have to. That's supposed to be a round of applause for them. Okay. I, I forgot the applause sign, I'm sorry. They tell a story of a water carrier that was a shtickle shlamazel. For those who need translation, the difference between a shlamil, a shlamazel, and a nutnik <laughs> is the shlamil is a waiter in a restaurant and he drops a hot bowl of soup on the shlamazel's brand new pair of pants. <laughs> and while they're screaming at each other, the nudnik comes along and says, eh, eh, w- 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 what kind of soup was it? <laughs> this fellow, the water carrier, was a terrible shlamazel nebuch. He carried, as I don't know if you ever saw water carriers back home in the shtetl, the water carrier had this bar across his neck, two chains hanging from the bar, and connected to the chains were the buckets of water that he carried. And he would carry, he'd go down to the river, to the taich. He would fill his buckets, and he would deliver them to his daily customers. Needless to say, just like we buy today by the liter, by the gallon, this worked according to measurement. Whatever he delivered to you, that's what you got. There was one trivial problem why he was a shlamazel. His bucket on the left side was a beautiful bucket, a new model. On the right side, unfortunately, was an older bucket. And it had a little crack in it. And for those of you who have carried buckets of water, you'll know that when they have a crack in it, they tend to drip and to leak. And Nebuch, he had that problem that when he till from the river until the city, obviously was not exactly around the corner, or else everybody would have gotten their own water. He would lose about a quarter, a little more than a quarter of his water on the right side. And every day Nebuch, the Shlomazel came and he lost that much water, he lost that much business that he could not deliver that amount of water. People would laugh at him and people would knock him for it and tell him it's time to get a new one, it's time to this, what are you worth? And he always wondered, what value is there to this actual hole in my bucket? After many years of being a water carrier, he discovered a very interesting event. The road in which he walked from the river to the city On the right side of the road, there was a gorgeous, beautiful garden. The entire road had beautiful flowers. And these flowers were constantly watered by the hole in his bucket. So the holy bucket, as we would call it, sought to water these flowers. Tonight we're going to talk about, we're going to honor... A guest of honor, 
that had little sprinklings that he doesn't necessarily always remember and always know that he did and left, little seeds or little drops of water that he perhaps planted that caused many, many beautiful flowers to blossom throughout the world. But we'd be amiss to start any other way if it's not with a capital of Tehillim. We'll begin with a student, Yehuda Lipkin, our seventh grade. He will read Zebes capital. You should have it on your table. Please join with him. We ask everyone to rise the recital of the Rebbe's Tehillim. Almana, Benoya, Yanu, Vanov, Vishael, Vidarashu, Mehara, Voiseam, Yenakish, Nasha, the whole Asher Loi, Viavoizu, Yazerim, Yigiam, Al Yi Loi, Mashef, Hasad, Al Yi, Renain, the Saimov, Yi Acharisai, the Ris, Vidar, Achar, Yemach Shemam Yisachar Yisachar Avoin Avoisav El Adonai Vachazdas Hatas Yimoy Al Timach Yiu Neger Adonai Tamid Vayach Reis Meir Tzachiram Yan Asher Loi Zachar Asais Hased Yir Vayir Doif Ish Ini Ani Vevyain Vayanich a Levav Lemoises Vaya Av Kelal Batavoy Ayu Veloy Hafates Beha Vivora Vati Kah Imanu Vail Bash Kalal Veni A Levav Lemoises Yavaya Kalal Atiwar. May Sadanoi Vadavarim Bra Alp Nafi Data Adenoi Noi Adenoi Asay Iti Lamanch Mechaki Toi Vachasad Atileni Ki Ani Evevjain 
Anofi, the Libi, Hello, the Kirby, the Sail, the Nahal, the Nati, the Rifkai, the Kashalu, Mitzayim, the Sari, Kahash, the Shaman, Fani, the Sea, the Rafa, the now, in accordance with any Jewish affair, any event, we will say for our brethren and Achino B'nai Yisrael and Yisrael, our brothers in the Holy Land of Israel, that they should have peace. Yerushalayim and throughout the Holy Land. Lamate, Mizrazavid, Lamate, Thank you very, very much. Everybody, please be seated. Thank you for putting up the applause side. I'd like to take a moment to thank Mr. and Mrs. Firestein for the wonderful, wonderful, elegant job that only they can do here at the Young Israel of Avenue UK. Thank you very, very much once again. And may God bless you both. And we should see, we should celebrate many simchas of your children here in this very hall. Not to mention, of course, Yossi the Mechidi. If we don't talk about him, we're finished. Now that we almost caught up with the program, but the people are still trying to catch up with the whole. A ship without a captain usually loses direction. And therefore, no ship can go without a captain, and no ship can go without a navigator. And although the person, the engineer in the steam room, is making sure that the cruise ship is sailing along, as we saw recently, the 4,500 people that got stranded in a cruise ship, we have, Baruch Hashem, a ship that is sailing along 
As you know, the Babaji Yeshiva is now sailing for well over a hundred years. Our Yeshiva in Ocean Parkway, Mr. Lambert will attest to how long ago we settled up, settled in. As I had him back in eighth grade, oodles of years ago, decades ago. Now for a few words from our captain of our ship, I'd like to call upon the principal of our yeshiva. Tonight he's wearing a hat as principal. He wears many different hats, coats, boots, sometimes, to run and to keep the ship afloat, literally. Rabbi Shmuel Halevi Dachter. Thank everyone for coming out tonight and showing your support not only for the yeshiva on Ocean Parkway, but in actuality, you're showing Hakaros Latoiv to Mr. Landberg and his 50 years of dedication to our sons, to our grandchildren, and to many of you sitting here this evening. In truth, we are also sending a message to our children a life lesson of what our priorities and our value systems are. That an individual can last, I I mean, uh, can remain in Chinuch, focused on the same mission for 50 years, motivating, educating, and inspiring children. He is certainly deserving of our respect, and I hope that we have shown them that here tonight by honoring him. And I hope that that message will certainly begin be given over to our children that these are the values that we need to have. And may God give you the strength and the Hatzlocha to continue and the good health to continue to inspire even more children. Our parents of the year, Mr. and Mrs. Sanzer, are fairly new parents to our yeshiva. But there is little doubt as to their dedication, involvement, and concern for our yeshiva. I can certainly attest firsthand to the fact of Mrs. Sanzer's endless supply of energy exerted on behalf of our yeshiva, that she gives new meaning to the energy contained in a Duracell battery. She just keeps going and going and going. Together, together, Mr. and Mrs. Sanzer have put themselves completely into the education, the chinuch of their children. And we can see the fulfillment of Yegaiti, Tamin. They put in and they certainly get out. They embody the the concept of forging a partnership between home and school and yeshiva. May the both of you continue to enjoy much Yiddish and Nachas from your children and from your whole family. And Red Nuchi Gross, our alumni of the year, he's been a vibrant... 
He has been a vibrant member of our community in Crown Heights for many, many years. In the world, there is a debate as to whether a person's makeup is determined by genetics or by environment. I think in this case, he embodies both. I believe that Reb Nuchi has been influenced by his father, who was also very much involved in community, in Kehillah. But I think learning in Tomchei Tamimim set the stage as well, giving him a sense of responsibility to the Kehillah, to those around him, Benogei, the Mitzvah of Avos Yisrael as well. May Hashem bless you with years of continued health and success, particularly in your work for our community and for the Jewish people. Shkoyach. In this week's Parsha, we read about Yaakov and his wrestling with the angel. And Yaakov was left alone and he wrestled with the man until till the morning. And he wasn't able to prevail the Malach. And he touched the hollow of the thigh. Why did the angel wrestle with Yaakov and not Yitzchak and not Avram. In order, to, in order to understand this, we can see that the world, as we know, stands on three pillars. Torah, Avodah, Zutfila, and Gemilas Chasodim. Our forefathers, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, each of them are the prototype for these three pillars. Avram was the Indian, the concept of Chesed. We know the things that he did to those around him, bringing them closer to the realization of God in the world, having a tent that was open on all four things. He embodied chesed. Yitzchak was a voider. Tefillah. As we know, the Pesach tells us, the Yitzchak l'asuach basoda. He went out into the field and prayed. Yaakov was the Indian of Torah. He was the Ishtom who dwelt in the tents, in the tents of Torah, as it tells us. The Ish, the man who wrestled with Yaakov, this was the angel of Esau, the Yetzahara, the adversary. His goal and intention was the destruction of the Jewish people. From Avram, though, he didn't really fear, because as Avram stood for the concept of Chesed, so, so the Yiddish people didn't have Chesed. They could still continue as a nation. They could still continue. By Yitzchak, so there wouldn't be prayers said if he were successful, the adversary against Yitzchok, if he wrestled them. So they wouldn't pray as much. That doesn't mean that the continuation of the Jewish people would have been hurt. But when it comes to Yaakov and the concept of Torah, this the Jewish people would be destroyed. This is one thing that ties together intricately, and this is what the Jewish people are. Without Torah, there is no Jewish people. Being a good adversary, as he was the Malach, he didn't stop. Once he couldn't affect on, 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 on Yaakov. So then it says, that what did he do? He touched Kaf Yerecho. He touched the, the hollow of the thigh. What was his kavana there? That as the Torah tells us, that when they enumerate the children of Yaakov, it says, Yotze Yerecho, these are the generations that came out from Yaakov, using the word Yerecho. 
The Malach had in mind, so if he couldn't affect on Yaakov anything, let's go after the children. Let's try them. And Baruch Hashem, he was not successful. What do we see from here? That the future of our children is our Torah. It's their learning. It's yeshivas. That this we have to make sure that all yeshivas continue. Avada Ocean Parkway and Lubavitch Yeshiva, there's no question. But the concept of yeshiva and Jewish children learning has to be something that continues. As I believe there's recently a Rav in Williamsburg that Paskin, that if you have a yeshiva that only is looking to accept the best of the best, then the Gvirim should hold back their money from such yeshivas. Because every Jewish child needs to learn. And that's the goal of the Yetzirah today, to stop that. That's the goal of those that are against us. Stop that. Don't let yeshivas survive. Give them a difficult time. Make it so that children have to go out and go to public school. Chas Shalom instead. We have to make sure that we learn from the Pasha the lesson. That Torah is our future. And with our future it is with the Jewish children. So I want to again thank all of you for being here tonight and showing your support for the concept of yeshiva. And as well educating those children so that we can quickly bring Mashiach Tzitkenu Bimheiro Biyomeinu. Shkoyach and Kutavah. If you looked at your program sheet, the next part is a Chesidah And a Chesidah can't start without a Lechayim. So Lechayim, Lechayim Mr. Lambert, Lechayim Michil, Michil, Lechayim. This week's Pasha, Basak tells us by Yehichitas, actually they have a Chumash here. Presentation: The concept of fear of the goyim over the Jewish from the Jewish of the Jewish nation. The pasuk tells us is brought about by the concept of Ayihi chitas that he had with him the idea of chitas. Without quoting the actual pasuk, there's a famous story in the time of the Tzemach Tzedek. The third Lubavitcher Rebbe, there was a decree that needed to be nullified, nullified, annulled. And the Tzemach Tzedek sent his son, the Rebbe Marash. But prior to his departure to Petersburg, Tzemach Tzedek came to him and told him, My mother, the Rebbe who is no longer in this world, we know that some of Tzedek's mother passed away when he was very young, came to me in a dream and told me she went to the Heichel of the Baal Shem Tov, that's the mention of the Baal Shem Tov in the Chesid Shemaisa. And the Baal Shem Tov said, as long as he will say Chitas, Chumish, Tilim, and Tanya, he will be protected. 
From this you therefore see the extreme importance and if we're going to make perhaps I'm sure we will make tonight a Haklata Teva we will make a resolution tonight in honor of Mr. Lamberg the resolution definitely would be for those who don't say Chitas which is the Chumash of the week from, on Sunday goes from the beginning of the Pasha till Shani on Monday till Shlishi etc the Tehillim is divided up in the 30 days of the month and the Tanya is divided throughout the year but on Matzah Shabbos Kedish is usually refers to the Baal Shem Tov. the Rebbe says it could be any Rebbe recently I merited to hear from Rev Tzvi Greenwald, Greenwald from Kvachabad he was at a wedding in Yerushalayim many years ago when they brought in the Rosh Yeshiva to the wedding and the Rosh Yeshiva was brought in on a stretcher the stretcher was obviously quite conspicuous and was quite obvious to everyone and he called over the Bakram and he said I'd like to tell you what happened why I'm on a stretcher he says many years ago we were sitting and learning a yeshiva it was a very snowy day and a balagola entered the yeshiva and he said kinder bachrim help me, save me my, my horse is stuck in the snow and they turned to me and they asked me Bitotelo can we actually take off time from learning to go pull a horse out of the snow and I said no and there in the corner sat the shikr, the town drunk and the town drunk said what's wrong with you a Jew is in need of help and you're telling them no And a few moments later he came in again and said, Please, my horse is going to die. And again I said, No, and again the town drunk rebuked me. And when I refused the third plea of the fellow, the town drunk turned to me and said, You will never walk on your feet again. This town drunk. We have actually a fellow in 770. Those who frequent 770 will get a tinkle in their eye when we mention Zalman the Shike. Zalman the Shike once woke up on a bench in 770, a very, very interesting stupor. And I walked over to hear what does Zalman Shike have to say. And he looked at me and he said, <laughs> I once thought I could drown my sorrows. I found out sorrows float. So when a shikha says something, it's not necessarily something we can just push to the side. A short time later, the Rosh Shiva says, the shikha called me and said to me, come to my house tonight. At three o'clock, my neshama is leaving the world. 
The Rashiva said, I asked him, do you have a house? He says, yes. And he told him how to get to his hut on the outskirts of the city. And he came to his house. And he sat with him, and he looked fine. And finally he told him, ah, you're pulling my leg. Besides, why should I sit with you? I don't even know if you ever put on tefillin in your life. He said, you see over there, open that box. And in the box, not only was a pair of tefillin that he put on every day, were the manuscripts or the pieces of Zayar that this fellow wrote commentary on. And lo and behold, at three o'clock in the morning, just as the man said, he passed away. And only a short time later, his legs refused to let him walk. And that's why, he says, he's now on a stretcher. Reb Tzvi Grimald was at this wedding. And he wrote to the Rebbe immediately this story. And he wrote how this fellow is now crippled, Rahman al-Islam, and can't walk. And the Rebbe wrote back, let him start saying, Chitas, and he'll be fine. And he did just that. He started every day diligently saying, the portion of Chumash, the portion of Tehillim, and the portion of Tanya of the day. And lo and behold, a short time later, he was walking once again. From Chesidah Shemaisa, there are many, many things to learn. But all we were doing tonight was telling Chesidah Shemaisa, and therefore, we hope that everyone will take on a resolution to begin at least attempting the recital of Chitas on a daily basis. We now have a special treat to change color of what's going on here this evening. I got a phone call with all the ads and the papers and the publicity that this event got this evening. From another former student of Mr. Lamberg, Rabbi Yamin, or as he calls himself, Benjolini. And he said, I'd like to honor Mr. Lamberg as I did once for one of his children's birthday parties. And so too tonight, as an honor, he's going to change a little bit the speed and the air of the evening and perform for us a little bit of an illusionist, of a magician. Without further ado, Mr. Benjolini. In the magician's world, I would say for my next trick, I don't have to pull a rabbit out of my hat. It's no coincidence that our next speaker has the same last name as mine. I did not choose him. It was Rabbi Barris's work. We will ask a Talmud of Yeshiva to deliver a short Devarotera. My, no, not Mazinik. He's my Mazinik son, not my Mazinik child. Yisrael Ayelai Bishacht. Sure. 
Good vlog. Good vlog. Dr. Karavakos, an honorary guest. This week's part show was, as you may have already heard, Parshas Vayishach. The beginning of Parshas Vayishach begins, Vayishach Yaakov Malak is the fun of El Esav I understand that Yaakov sent angels to his brother Esav, but why does the Pasuk add the word, the fun of? Allow us to make a moment to take a moment to examine our father Yaakov's train of thought. He was extremely calculated in his every action. When Yaakov prepared to meet with Esau, he prepares with Chesed, Devorah, and Tiferes. Tara, Avada, and Miraz Chasad, gift, Tefillah, and ready for war. He made sure that there were always other options. He splits his family by a three-day distance, so that if Esau should attack one camp, the other would escape. He says, Whether he comes as a brother or as Esau, they both need to be protected from. I don't want him to act as my brother and try to convince my children that he is their uncle, and they are his nephews. And if he comes as Esau, I surely need protection. Later, when Yaakov comes into the Yarden, he crosses it by splitting it, it so that in the future, the Yamsuf would split for the Yedin. Tonight is Yudal Kislev, the 82nd anniversary of the Rebbe and Rebbeton. The Rebbe explains that the, that the acronym of Nasi is Nitsutse Shal Yaakov Avinu. Sparks of Yaakov Avinu. As we know, the Rebbe is the Nasi of our generation, and just as Yaakov Avinu sent before him, meaning, just as Yaakov Avinu sent before him, meaning for all future generations, so so too the Rebbe teaches us we must be prepared for every given scenario that is presented to us. Now the task is at hand is to prepare the world for Mashiach. So on this suspicious day, Mazdaf to the Rebbe and the Rebbe Mazdaf to Mr. Lambert for paving the way for his students. And Mazdaf to Rabbi Heft for making this this all possible. And Mazdaf to Klaishal for dedicating to bring this night to bring Mashiach. Major D said we're ready to serve the main dish. What do you, do you, you have something now? You're serving, that's what I have now. Yeah. <laughs> food! Davai, bring food. Kaya, Kaya. Major D wants to know if there's anything else now, right now. We're serving the main dish. And for those of you who don't like to talk during speeches, we'll let you speak a few minutes. We'd like to welcome this evening from the class of 65, class of 66, Mr. Irving Goller, Yudel Basovsky, Yossi Kolodny. I would like to also make a slight dedication and off-color a little bit, but Mr. Irving Goller, 
did a lot of research and phone calls on his classmates. And he'd like to say the Chaim tonight for Reb Shimon Kolomni. The Shalman should have an Aliyah that should be a good Tibetan for his class, his family, for his children, for his brother, his mother, isn't it? The Chaim. And now, believe it or not, for the next few minutes until our surprise speaker, never my guest speaker, walks in, enjoy the meal. We were talking that I was sitting at the table with Shimi Kaladni's brother. Uh, a quick story. Um, one of the jobs that I do in the community is. Uh, Mr. Irving Gallo telling a story. I'm, I'm in charge of selling seats for the Yemen Narayan for my young Israel. And I got a call that a new member had moved in and I should give him a call. And I found out that his name was Binyamin Kaladni. And. I mentioned Kaladni, that's not such a common name. You know, when I grew up in Brooklyn, I went to school with some Kaladnis, and uh, I had a Rabbi Kaladni as a teacher, and I had a Shimmy Kaladni in my class, and he said four words that chilled me to the bone. That was my father. I was not yet used to this. I wasn't of an age where contemporaries had been passing, and it just shook me to the core. That was my father. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a surprise speaker, not on the schedule. I'd like you to enjoy your meal. And even more so, we'd like to turn our attention for one moment, please, or two or three, to a congressman that just enhanced our evening, Congressman Anthony Weiner. Thank you, and uh, you have some very impressive speakers this evening and some honorees, and I will be brief. I just wanted to join in expressing the gratitude of our whole community for all in this room who celebrate this Malava Malka. You know, there are many opportunities that I, as a congressman, to be stopped perhaps someplace by someone who says, I want to thank you for something good that happened, thank you that abandoned car got moved, or I, I got that Social Security check in time or something. But in fact, those things only amount to a thimble when, in fact, the stability and the growth of our community and the continued strength of our community is really what makes anyone in public life a success. And that starts, of all places, with the way we educate our children. And frankly, the yeshiva we celebrate this evening represents the deepest, the deepening of the roots of Yiddishkeit in our community. And for that, I want to express my thanks to the distinguished Rabbanim who are here, to all of you that support the institution. And as we gather here today, we should also remember, in, uh, as we gather as, 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 as fellows, as, as, as friends and supporters of the yeshiva, we should also remember the 160,000 American men and women that fight for us in Iraq and Afghanistan. They fight to give us the ability to worship as we please on Saturday, to send our children to school as we see fit, and we should never forget that. And we should also remember, we should also remember that we always have to fight to make sure that the rule of law is followed in our country, and that includes everybody. And many of you know that I have become more and more involved in writing the injustice of the Roboshkin case. We should keep him in mind as well on this day. Thank you all very much. Enjoy your evening. Thank you. Thank you. Do you need more? Do you want me to juggle? Tell a few jokes? What am I doing? Juggle? We had a musician today.
No, I actually, this is, uh, this is, uh, this is the Malavamal season, so I've got a lot this season. I was just telling the fellas that, you know, one of the reasons I stay so thin is I go to five dinners, but I never eat anything. But, uh, thank you. No, I appreciate it. Keep up the great work. Let me know if I can be of any help. I shall. Thank you very much, fellas. Surprise visit. <laughs> now that's a campaign promise. Okay, so after the alumnus, I'll start Thank you, Mr. Wiener. Officially, you had 10 minutes of peace to talk and to eat. The Imara tells us, a Masih, Basuda, Fila, Masih, and. Fifty years is a long time. Harbimayim Takasagesher, much water under the bridge. When you teach for fifty years, you tend to touch many students. There is a book outside, actually, that we're going to present to Mr. Lambert this evening, when he leaves this evening. Instead of making a journal and you taking home a momentous that uh, you don't necessarily need to, cl- to clutter your closet. We put together a little bit of a journal, a little article, a little letter from the, the, the students. A few ads already are in it. Anyone that wants to add any ads to Mr. Lamberg, you're welcome to. The young lady at the door is willing to take your ad for a fee. And we can fill the pages, and we can add pages to the journal that is there already. But amongst the many students that have been touched by Mr. Lam- touched their lives have been touched by Mr. Lambert, we merited, actually, back in the day, we sat in this medish. He sat on the table behind me, I don't know if he remembers. I sat without a Kraskin and he sat on the table behind me and I can't remember with who. A, I, my words for adjectives are out of it now, I'm just... But a person that's been known as a speaker, a person that's an author of a book, Mr. Lambert, you're very proud to know that he's gone very, very far. As long as he the to go over his father's paper so journalism comes in he's definitely one step above a fellow Tommin uh, Simon Jacobson seen for uh, literally uh, 40 years till this night 
Uh, 40 years ago, he drove the fear of God in our hearts. And now is my time to get even. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> I thought I, uh, I got away from and escaped our uh, childhood years in Bedford and Dean and then uh, Ocean Parkway. But then Rabbi Yitzhak called me about uh, this evening. I couldn't say no because, um, you know, we are who, uh, we are shaped by our um, childhoods. And it's quite um, uh, moving to stand here 40 years later and uh, be able to uh, greet and honor a teacher that I had in the year 1970, exactly 40 years ago. And it was the first year when the Lubavitch Yeshiva moved to uh, Ocean Parkway from Bedford and Dean. So I want to salute Mr. Lamberg for several things that I only appreciate now. The Talmud says that you begin to uh, develop a new appreciation of things after 40 years of your life. Until 40 years, a person doesn't fully integrate or appreciate the experiences that they have in their education. So Mr. Lamberg, as I said, I had him in the 8th grade, elementary school. We graduated. I was the editor-in-chief of the yearbook. And um, the year before, I should mention... We were in Bedford and Dean, which has uh, become known. But a thing happened that year, 1969, which is like the life dream of every student. Uh, I hope I can be a little irreverent. And that is our yeshiva burned down. <laughs> uh, literally. What I mean by that is we were sitting, I remember in the, after, in the morning, in Rabbi Goldman's class, uh, eighth grade in the Hebrew school, in, the, in Bedford and Dean, and the alarm went off, the fire alarm went off, and they told us this is not a drill, because we used to have drills all the time, this was the real thing. And I remember we uh, marched downstairs, and we stood across the street, you remember? And uh, the, then we started seeing the flames, I mean literally coming out from the top floor, the gym, there were all kinds of rumors how the fire started. And uh, some of us began to applaud until the teachers told us it's not a time for applause. <laughs> um, but we had a very good year that year because after that, they had to figure out what to do with us. So they dispersed us all over Crown Heights in the different shuls. And you can imagine for kids, what, what's, what's our age then? We're 12 years old? Something like that. So we had the time of our life. I happened to be in a class that uh, was right near the pizza shop on Kingston Avenue. So uh, you can imagine where we spent most of our time. Now... I know that I'm beyond the age of, uh, you know, the statute of limitations has run out, so they can't do anything to me any longer. Um, but I just wanted to share that uh, on a uh, so-called more serious note, um, they tell the, the joke about this uh, teacher who was teaching his class ethics and morality. And he said, next Sunday, or next week, we're going to be uh, doing a class on, on Sheker, on lies. Meaning, to be honest, on honesty and lies. 
And he said, to prepare for the class, I'd like all the students to learn the book of Proverbs, chapter 33. Okay, so uh, next week came around, and the class began, and he said, how many of you did read chapter 33 in the book of Proverbs? And three students raised their hands. So he said to the rest of the class, you can leave. I will speak to these three students because, chapter, because Proverbs only has 32 chapters. <laughs> Is that funny? Yeah. Okay, good. Now, that's not what I learned in Mr. Lambert's class. But I do remember, and this I think is the key, we uh, were troublemakers. Some of us worse than others. And uh, what can I say? It, it feel, I feel sad today to say this, but at the time we were having a lot of fun. And we got rid of one teacher or more, if you remember. Especially science teachers were going like uh, um, every few months they'd quit on us. Yeshiva kids, wild kids, undisciplined, uh, no Rachmanis. I think back, I sometimes really honestly feel that I should write a letter to some of those teachers. But go find them, Mr. Blank, Mr. Kaminer, Mr. This one, you remember them all. And um, so therefore, from uh, the fact that so many couldn't uh, uh, deal with us, the fact that Mr. Lamberg actually remained in the ring longer than all of us, that deserves, I think, uh, something to be said. And I was surprised to hear that he's still teaching in Lubavitch uh, Yeshiva, Chevetir, and Eastern Parkway. And Toro College. And Toro College. And uh, what can I say? Um, that alone, that he withstood the resilience and the ability to um, teach for so many years and deal with Yeshiva guys like us, trust me, it's not easy. Uh, I don't want to... I'm embarrassed myself, but I remember the memorable moments in Mr. Lambert's class, with me at least, was the time that he wrote down on the blackboard. Uh, I guess it was in anger or maybe it was uh, calculated. He wrote, you are a punk. <laughs> you remember that? So I learned the word punk, um, and I've used it in my own writings. Um, and Thanks to Mr. Lambert, I learned that to use the word in many different ways. Um, that's on, on that note. But that's not what I want to leave you with because uh, the fact is... Well, come on. Listen. Um, we were kids then. Twelve years old. I said, I think I was in Mishalamah's third time. I was Bar Mitzvah that year. We had Rabbi Marlowe, and Mishalamah should have many healthy years in the Hebrew division in the ninth grade. And it was a very uh, interesting year because it was the first year in Ocean Parkway. And Mr. Lambert sat with us, I remember a few hours every day, when did class begin, I think 3 o'clock or something like that, it went till 6 o'clock, and uh, we learned all the topics, all the subjects, I will say this, that I learned the power of the adjective from Mr. Lambert, I remember once, um, I remember once teaching us English um, literature and writing, he asked us to write, to describe a scene, he gave us certain examples like a sunset or, a, or choose any beautiful scene and write up a description of it. So I chose two. I chose a sunset and I chose the waves washing up on the, on the ocean, on the beach. And uh, I, you know, I wrote uh, the sunsets in the evening in the sky. And Mr. Lambert said to me, you have to add the, the, br- the bright red sun 
I'm trying to remember the exact words, over the darkening sky, sets in the shadows of the evening. And he said to me, every word is a noun, and they're adjectives. Nouns describe the reality, and the adjectives gives you the mood and the feeling. And I remember this till this day, and it's just affected me as a writer, as a communicator. So I want to thank personally, man, 40 years later, who may not even know what impact he had on me, um, uh, to thank him for that type of uh, experience, those most small moments in classes where you get shaped. And I said both for the positive and also the fun and the joy and the, and the games and the trouble we make. So I thank you, Mr. Lambert, for teaching me the power of the adjective. <laughs> you remember that? Don't ask me what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and also, as we were doing the yearbook, so we were troublemakers, as I said, so Mr. Lambert was the one that had to make sure we don't... Uh, he, would, he was a censor, basically. Made sure that we don't cross the right lines. And uh, in 8th grade, they were able to keep us under control. In 12th grade, it was another story, which is not for now. We'll deal with that. Uh, right. So, Mr. Lambert has been teaching for 50 years. 53 and a half. 53 and a, 53 and a half years. Right, right, right. He began, as he told me, in 1957. I was one years old then. Okay. And he began Lubavitch Yeshiva teaching in 1960. So there it's 50 years in Lubavitch. Is that right? And 50 years is, a, as we all know, is a uh, symbol, it's a jubilee year, a yevil, which is called in the Torah olam, it means it's eternal. Because if something can last for 50 years through all the ups and downs, and all the shifts and transitions, 50 years is considered to be, if you can make it 50 years, you can make it forever, basically. Especially what's close to our heart, this is Labavitchi Yeshiva, Temchet Mimim. Temchet Mimim was founded by the Rebbe Rashab in, um, in 18, uh, what is it, uh, 1897. So that would make it 113 years ago. That's when Temchet Mimim was founded in Labavitch, in the city of Labavitch. And uh, it remained there until World War I when it had to move to Rostov. And then it went through its own migrations through uh, Poland when the Rebbe left Russia, the Friedrich Rebbe left Russia. And it says actually in the books that Lubavitch Yeshiva went through ten different gullahs, ten different exiles. And then when the Friedrich Rebbe, the Friedrich Lubavitch Rebbe came to these shores in America in 1940, the first thing he did was of course establish again Temchat Mimim. First it was lower classes and then I think in 1941, I believe, or 42, they they bought the building on Bedford and Dean. I don't, know, I don't know the exact date. There are people who probably know better than I. But the point is that Lubavitch and its yeshiva always went hand in hand. Once the Rebbe Rashab established the yeshiva, and as he writes, it wasn't just to build another institution. It was to produce soldiers that would go out into the world and fight the challenges of the 20th century. The challenges of assimilation. The challenges of uh, apathy. You know, like the guy who asked his friend, what's worse, apathy or ignorance? He said, I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> well, the students of the Temchit Women were meant to be soldiers that fought apathy and indifference. 
as declared in very documented ways by the Rebbe Rashab and reiterated by the Friedrich Rebbe and of course by the Rebbe. So Temchet Mimim is the heart and soul of all the Shluchim, all the emissaries, and everything Chabad and Lubavitch stand for in spreading Yiddishkeit and spreading Chassidus all over the world. In the hands of the children and the hands of the students. So, I don't know if Mr. Lamberg appreciates it all, or maybe he does even more than all of us, but I thought to able to honor 50 years of a teacher in Temchet Mimim, and one who helped shape the lives of so many, and who knows the stories, we all know when you go to school, all kinds of stories, people turn into who knows what, I haven't met my classmates for many years, some I see here, some I just know by name, I bump into them, I see them in pictures in the yearbook, you can't even always recognize your own old friends, but everyone has a life story, and every life story is a dignified life story. And those small moments when a teacher sits in a class with students, you know, little moments, it's almost like when a mother and father sit with their children when they're very young. You don't get noble, you don't get prizes, you don't get awards. These are the moments that shape our lives. It's all in the details. And most of them are not so dramatic. You don't even remember every step of the way. But the teacher is in many ways like a parent. They have to tolerate, and they have to nurture, and they have to discipline, and they have to deal with many of our uh, Mishagasin, and try at the same time to shape us in some way. So a man that's standing, as I said, for a lifetime, 50 years in Lubavitch, and f- several more years as a teacher in the, in the general school system, deserves, I think, that award. You know, in our world, we don't appreciate educators. Education is not necessarily the top of the cream of the crop. Don't go into education. But who shapes lives? The people who shape lives are educators, our parents. All these people are underappreciated in our society. So I feel extremely honored to be able to stand here and recognize something I take for granted as well. And I wish I could reach out to all those teachers I, uh, I uh, what's I, made a little crazy, but also were affected by them. And uh, so it's a great, honor, great privilege and honor to stand here, be able to honor a, uh, a teacher, a uh, person who has affected many, many lives in many ways, more than we will ever know, more than Mr. Lamberg will ever know. So let's all together give him a round of applause, maybe a standing stand up and honor the great Mr. Lamberg. And may we all learn the power of uh, resilience. The power of resilience that in our own you know, each of us, and each of us in our own uh, in our own mission, should stand 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 strong and persistent, because it's something amazing for a person not to give up and to be able to stand through all the ups and downs. And I think that's something that all of us can learn from, to be able to see it through. And Mr. Lambert should have many many healthy years and continue to shape students and students of students. And of course, we'll be honored to hear from him in a few moments. So, thank you so much, Mr. Lambert. <laughs> My wife is looking on about the Lakai and she wants the keys to the car. Um, a little twist of the Baruch uh, we set up the uh, standard on this side. A little twist of the program. I have a Shavas uh, Havei that someone lost the earring. I hope it's on this side of the Mechitza. <laughs> 
2010. Listen. Thank you, Medina. There are a few reasons I chose to be MC tonight. The simplest reason is because nobody else wanted it. Wait a minute. I have to check my notes. Seriously speaking though, I chose to MC tonight for one main reason. The Gemara tells us, Rebbe Hayim Mechabed Ashirim. Rebbe used to honor rich people, no matter what they were, no matter how they acted. And he said, if Hashem gave them money, he must have a good reason for it. In today's day and age, longevity is a wonderful blessing. We know our others lived Avram to 175 years, it's 180 years, etc. But for a person to be zeicher, to teach Tamimim, to teach the Rebbe's kinder for 50 years, stand up for him would be minimal. Honor him? Eh. He asked me many times, why are you doing this for me? I don't understand. One thing I can tell you, Mr. Lambert, from all the years I learned by you, your goal was to teach us the three R's. Reading, writing, arithmetic. Let's spell the Mr. Lambert, you've touched the hearts and the minds of many, many Talmudim. In your journal is a letter written from your students. Whether it be a quote from Shakespeare, whether it be a reminiscence of after 20 years by Edgar Allan Poe. Whether it be the pendulum, or whether it be the story of the pauper that decided, the vagabond that decided to repent as he stood outside the house of prayer. And as he was contemplating repenting, he got arrested for loitering. These stories that we thought once upon a time was so, so frivolous was so superfluous. What would we ever do with these stories? Please, Mr. Lamberg, you're boring us to death. <laughs> I promise you, Mr. Lamberg, I've used these stories in Shiurim. I've used these stories in sermons. And I know that my fellow colleagues in Shluchim that have gone through your classes have used them as well. So, Mr. Lambert, you should know, as the Gemara tells us in Mesechus Psachim about Yehuda ben Beseda, Atta ben Etzivin Mitzdasla Birushalayim, 
You are in a tzivim, but your net reaches throughout the world, Mr. Landberg. Shluchim of the Rebbe now find themselves throughout any point in the world, as we know that wherever there's Coca-Cola, there's Chabad. <laughs> so too, Mr. Lamberg, your, t- your students have reached everywhere. So whether it be Nuchi Gross, Nuchi Duchi and Wuchi, whether it be parents that are involved in Yeshiva like the Sanzers, Whether it be the teachers that are giving their BST, the blood, sweat, and tears for the yeshiva today. Or Rabbi Dechter, that gives up not only his days, his nights, but his shalom bias as well. We all thank you, Mr. Landberg. Because it is your foundation that you have paved the way for us. I gave you 19 minutes, Mr. Lambert. The schedule is not that far off. Please don't abuse it. <laughs> Mr. Gershon Lambert. First of all, I will never forget this evening because I bought this very expensive hat. (laughs) I couldn't rent it, I had to pay cash. That saved tax money. Uh, I have not shaped anyone's life. Let's get the truth. I am a memory. A good memory. But you shaped your life through your parents, through what you did, and you should honor yourselves because you're here and you're Israeli, pro-Israeli. If the world is against Israel, they're out of their minds. True democracy. As a teacher, I'll get to the important stuff very shortly, I'd like to introduce... Uh, you don't have to get up. My wife. My daughter, who is a, uh, works for Lincoln High School, guidance counselor. My neighbor, Hazel. The godmother, Judy Silversmith. I also did a little running, like a hundred marathons and forty-five ultra marathons. And my friend is over there, Aaron Koffler. And All right, now to get very serious. No teacher is worth his salt unless he has his higher ups supporting him. When I first went to Lubavitch, a long time ago, I was hired before I even got into the room. I was helping a young man do his homework. So Rabbi Fogerman, who was right over here, (laughs) one of the finest principals uh, I ever had, Uh, he hired me then and there. 
he had uh, a little problem with uh, <laughs> payments at that time, and uh, 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 it was interesting to note that uh, he went to Rabbi Tanambam, God bless him, and he said, Rabbi Tanambam, the teachers aren't able to cash their checks. And Rabbi Tannenbaum said, but they got to get paid. Uh, I've done a lot of things in my uh, time. And uh, I I remember one specific item where um, I taught Edgar Allan Poe. And Edgar Allan Poe wrote a poem, The Bells. And in the bells was a word he had to make up to, to, to fit a certain kind of beat. It was called Tintin Tabulations. So the next day a student raises his hand to a rabbi and says, Rabbi, I don't feel well. And the rabbi says, what's wrong? I have Tintin Tabulations. <laughs> next thing you know, the kid says, go to the doctor quick. And the kid outside is saying, the bells, bells. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is my son. And I... <laughs> my chairman, uh, Torah College. And now let's get serious. My son... Uh, <laughs> I have a hard time telling the story, but I'll, I'll do it. My son was born in our kitchen. He was taken to the hospital, and he was uh, nearly blinded by a technician who put 70 times the amount of silver nitrate in his eye. The doctor on call said that some, there must be something wrong with your son's Eyes and your, your, wife, your wife must have some problem. I says, if you don't leave the hospital, you're going to have a problem. There's nothing wrong with my wife. There's something wrong with you. We got a Shoma Shabbos doctor who just came back from Vietnam to treat my son, and they went immediately to Rabbi Tannenbaum, who went to the Rabbi to make a special prayer. In six weeks. In six weeks, the doctor, the eye doctor, it's a miracle. He'll be able to see. And from that time on, I have a picture here of my son. I'll pass it around, meeting the Rebbe. Take, take. My son puts on tefillin, I put on tefillin, except on holidays. Everybody mentions 50 years. If you like what you do and you really care for those that you teach, then you can last forever. I'm most involved with those students who think very little of themselves. 
and I'm like a psychiatrist, if you, if you will. But uh, it's an honor being here, uh, seeing Rabbi Fogelman. If I don't recognize you, now let's get real. If I don't recognize you, I've had how many, after 32 and a half years at Bildersee Junior High School, 50 years at Lubavitch. I don't even know who I am. <laughs> Give me a break. I can't forget Benjolini. He, he told me who he was. <laughs> it's very easy to know who you are if they tell me who you are. And I, uh, Rabbi Jacobson, I, I do remember you, but... Uh, not exa- exactly as you, as you want it. Six years after my son supposedly got his eyesight back, his teacher in public school said, your son, there may be something wrong with his eyes. He's cheating on the eye test. It turns out he still has chemical burns. What was supposed to be a half-hour operation lasted many hours. And now we have a gentleman here who runs Erasmus High School. He is the the coach of the team. He puts Tvillin on. He's very devoted to the Jewish faith. So it's a true honor having you here. But but the important thing, if you don't have the support of your higher-ups, you can get nowhere. I have passed a chairman's exam in English and social studies. I have a license, a state license for principal. But I did not get along with the principal in my high, my junior high school, because I didn't like a gym teacher telling me nothing. I am my own man. Repeat, I am my own man, and believe in what I believe in. So, to tell you the truth, it's an honor being honored, but you should honor yourselves. You're here. You're healthy. And I even met Joseph Kaladny over there, who was the spelling champ, when you... Uh, I'm, I'm just one person. I don't shape anyone's lives. I am a memory. You shape your own lives by what you do and who you hang around with. Who you hang around with and how your parents treat you. That's basically the truth. Girls, listen, because if you don't listen, I'm going to put you on the D-list right away. I'm joking. Anyway, I'd I'd like you to hear my chairman at uh, Turo speak about college I teach in. They call me professor, but I don't have a PhD. 
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Rebeum, uh, other honored guests, and all of you guests. I'm very happy to be here. I'm representing Turo College, which is uh, Mr. Landberg, as he calls himself in class. That's his uh, moonlighting job. He's not a vampire. That's for Sholem. But for many, many years, George Landberg has been the, uh, the heart and soul of Turo College's program. We started as a program for Russian refugee Jews who could not get out of the Soviet Union, if you remember those days, those of you old enough. And once they were, thank God, released from, you can say, a bondage, came to America and were thirsty to recover their Jewish heritage. Many of them were imprisoned or punished for worshiping Hashem as Jews. And we always have to remember those days because as for Shalom, the threat is always with us. But in any case, they came to America, these were elderly Jews, and they needed Yiddishkeit, and they needed some culture, English language, and Turo was, may rest in peace, our wonderful founder and president, Dr. Bernard Lander, who established programs, by the way, for Hasidim as well. But in this particular case, he had this program for Russian Jews, and Mr. Lamberg predated me. He predated me. He was already there. In fact, some other time, I'll tell you this long story short of how we met and how his previous supervisor screamed at me to hire him and I had no idea who he was but I'm very glad that I did and now 18 years high 18 years later I'm very happy I did Mr. Lamberg has uh, been with us for 18, more than 18 years I've been with the school 18 years and he's always been uh, a true mensch and a great Jewish man and he's helped us more than anybody I can think of offhand, including myself He's always been there for us, regardless of what the program required. One of the earliest inspections that we had by the state, and the state is not anxious to honor Yiddish programs. They're always a little suspicious. And the state inspector went into Lamberg's class. Who knows what she expected? She came out smiling. It was one of the only two classes that were visited. On the basis of the visit, we got a very good report. And I could go on and on and on and on and tell various stories about Mr. Lambert. Personally, I honor him and respect him a great deal. There were times in my life when he was there for me, very loyal, the personal way. And I'm very happy that I'm here, that we're all here to honor him. Regardless of what he says, he has made a great impact on many, many lives in his own quiet way. Mr. Lamberg, as he calls himself, has been a great influence for the good in children, in adults, in our college, in colleagues and friends. And I hope and pray that Hashem grants him many, many more years of health, happiness, and if he wishes service to our community. Thank you very much. Now, if I can only get a raise. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
if my son would like to say a word or two, you can. This is the pride of Erasmus. Thank you, thank you. Excuse me, I lost my voice. I want to thank everybody coming out here. It means a lot to our family to show gratitude and appreciation to my father. Growing up at home, he would always tell us stories about his students, and he'd always get a good laugh. Um, I remember when my grandmother passed away, my father's, my father's mother, the outgoing support that showed up to the uh, funeral was very, very, very heartfelt in our family, and I really remember appreciating that long ago. I think that was 1996. Anyway, I, I just want to let you guys know it was, it's, 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 it's very important to us that he was honored because being that we grew up in a different household and it seemed more of a, less than orthodox but more of a reform atmosphere, it brought us closer to understanding, for me personally, my culture and my religion because I wasn't brought up in that environment from the get-go. And it actually made me, like I said, what happened to me when I was born brought me closer to my faith as I watched my, myself growing up and I'd walk downstairs and see my father doing tefillin and I never understood what that was because that wasn't basically a part of my culture growing up and growing up as you grow older and you grow wiser you understand why he was doing it and realizing that what the Rebbe told him was is that I'll make this prayer for you for your son to get your eyesight, his eyesight back all I ask of you is to make sure you do tefillin every morning which my father did and I felt like it was my privilege to do that because I'm the one that the blessing went for and it was greatly, greatly, sincerely, heartfelt and appreciated. And I just want to let everybody know that I really appreciate you all being in my father's life and I can promise you that you're very well appreciated in his life. Thank you. security of Crown Heights. He had passed away very early in his life. And in the Brisky family, the oldest son died very early. So we should always honor those that we knew and make believe that they're still with us in our hearts. And now I'll give you back to our main speaker, the man who really is responsible for all of this amazement you did not, I did not shape your lives. You did. You shaped your lives by how you lived. Not everybody comes through when they have to. One of the people that didn't come through tonight was the plaque makers. We do have a little gift, a little presentation that we'd like to present our honorees this evening. Mr. Lambrick, I want to tell you 
V-shaped, U-shaped. One of our favorite trips back in Venezuela was, what was it called? Aysimirano? Aysimirano. The glass factory. We came to a glass factory para un caballo. We saw a person take a piece of glass. It wasn't a piece of glass. It was a wet liquid. Hot liquid. It dripped down to I don't know what, I don't know how, I don't know where. And by moving his hands faster than Alicia Benjamini was able to do, he pulled and pushed and pulled and turned and round. He made a horse, he made a glass, he made a building, he made whatever he wanted. So Mr. Lambert, you should know. Mr. Lambert, you're walking out on me. Mr. Lambert. <laughs> Mr. Lambert, tune up your hearing aid. I want to tell you one thing, Mr. Lambert. Miles to go before I sleep. Good, I'm happy to hear that. Now I'd like to call upon to present the trivial gift to somebody who's not prepared, who texts me in the middle of the tonight's so Malk is not prepared, I said, Al Tidak, I'm not prepared either. I have here a whole book of notes that I have to read tonight, what I have to say. Unfortunately, two things. A, I forgot my glasses, and B, the book is empty. So I will call upon a very close friend for many, many years, or as my kids will tell you, my children will tell you, my lovely, wonderful children. Without them, where would I be today? We'll tell you, he's my best friend. I'd like to call first, Panarbicheskel Posner, to present to our alumnus of the year, a classmate of mine, Avram Nuchum, Nachay, as Mendel Roxen, who disappeared on us tonight already, who was here before, said that I should put Nuchi with little eyes in the OO, and people would have known who it was, to present him with a small gift for tonight's alumnus of the year. Number one, I'm really glad to see that so many people left already. I said I don't make a fool out of myself out of too many people. Mr. Lamberg, you remember the posies and the rosies? Posies and the rosies. There was Yishubin Yomer Roosevelt, my brother, brother Uri, me, Shimonar Roosevelt, my younger brother Shmuel, Mendy Roosevelt. He went through probably about ten years every year, either a Posner or a Roosevelt. So there was a posy and a rosy, a posy and a rosy. Well, I'm a posy. Just one of them made it as a lawyer. The others are, well, okay. Um, I remember, it sticks in my mind, the first time I saw Nuchi walking into Bedford. He came in with his father. I believe it was, as he came into Bedford, you walked straight, so there was the door that led you up the stairs. To the left was the elevator. Mac was the driver. Um, further to the left, there was another doorway, which you either, there were two classrooms over there to the left, and then the stairs, I think they took you down to the dining room. I think that was the class where the eighth grade was, Mr. Lambert taught. And Rabbi Fuchs in the morning, Rabbi Mr. Lambert was in the, 
it was in the afternoon. But we were to the right side of those stairs, is a straight ahead. To it. So, you know what? No, no. To the right was the base of medicine, on one side, two classrooms on the front of the building. But there was one other room in the between. If you didn't go all the way to the right, but you went straight, there was another classroom in the back. I think you walked it together with your father. And uh, for your first day in yeshiva, and for some reason your father must have. I don't know, he saw me, asked my name, he says, oh, I know your father, and um, I don't think that your father, all of a sudden, dreamt that, I don't know, a gazillion years later, me and you would still be such buddies that we managed to survive a six-hour trip to Pittsburgh without having one fight. <laughs> yeah, we, ju- we just traveled this week, six hours in the car, but that was before I knew I would have to be doing this. Anyway, I think I've made a fool of myself enough. Nochi, Yitzi called me up. He said, listen, I would like you to make the presentation for the alumnus of the year. So I said, what? What's an alumnus? He says, don't worry about it. Nuchi doesn't know what it is either. Good to work, everybody. Thank you very much, Chazi. I'll tell you, it wasn't easy to uh, to be in a car with you for six hours and not fight. <laughs> but I held out. For Mr. Lamberg, L'chaim, L'chaim, I want to bless you that the next 50 years should be easier than the first 50 years. Oh, in this, L'chaim, L'chaim. God should bless you. You and your lovely wife and children with many, many years of health and happiness until the end of time. In the theme that Mr. Lambert expressed his friendship with Rabbi Marlowe, Olav Shalom, I recall many, many years after Rabbi Marlowe became the Rav of the Shkonev. Mr. Lambert was teaching at that point on Crown Street. Am I right or wrong? Were you teaching on Crown Street as well? Yeah, but Rabbi Koberman didn't want us. <laughs> okay. And as coincidence um, had it, Rabbi Marlow was walking down Crown Street going towards Kingston. Mr. Yeah, Lambert yes. was walking down Crown Street going towards Albany, and they happened to bump into each other, and I'm telling you, the brotherly love that excelled on that point reminded me of the, um, reminded me of the, the point, huh? Reminded me of the point of where the base of Migdash was built. So, in the schos, in the schos of all your years in Temchetimimim, and in the merit of all your and friendships, Rabbi Tenenbaum, Olav Shalom, and Rabbi Marlow, and, and Rabbi Kolodny, and Rabbi Bernetsky, and uh, Lahavda Ben Chaim Chaim, we 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 all wish you from the bottom of our hearts many many more years of. Teaching and happiness. L'chaim, l'chaim.
that my doctor is not happy with me tonight because he said if he mentioned already the uh, Sanders before, what's he going to talk about now? Do I understand it? The mainstay of the parents and Zaydis and Bobas of the year, since they have grandchildren now, Yeshiva today as well, but definitely you're not going to have a problem pulling it out of your sleeve. Present the Sanders with the proper ado that they deserve, Rabbi Dexter. Just not to uh, speak any longer, you've heard enough. But again, I think the Sanzer family, Mr. and Mrs. Sanzer, have certainly embodied the concept of partnering parenthood and the home along with the school. That they've really taught me and shown me the way that it has to be. When I see the way a a family like this takes in their children and, and constantly she's there in the morning to make sure they have the right food products with them in school for the rest of the day and they have all their needs met and the way that she takes care of the grandchildren that are also in our yeshiva Baruch Hashem, doing well. And the way that she takes, uh, a hint is also, she's a teacher in, uh, in our second grade, the way that she takes care of those children as if they're her own children. So I can only tell you that you will have nachas from your children. I know you've seen the nachas already, and that's shown by your grandchildren. So I want to thank you for joining our parent body. And if not every parent is able to see you in action as parents, but I can attest to what I see in your children and your grandchildren. Baruch Hashem, you guide them, you have the nachas and you continue to have nachas and we will learn and we will have nachas from our children as well. So Mazel Tov on this occasion. Mr. Sanzer. Mr. Sanzer, the, the girls, you'll present. Mr. Sanzer. an Indian about Korosatoiv. We learned this from, from, from our Imo'os, from Le'e Menu. After she had her fourth child, she said, Oida Hashem. So I want to express my Korosatoiv to Shiva Tempet Mimim. We are not we're not part of Lubavitch. My children have been accepted as though they are they are they are, they are part of Lubavitch. My children feel that they are part of the community. My grandchildren feel, feel they are also part of the community. So I want to wish the Shiva should go mechayel and my akarsa toiv for, for for having a, like an open program and shkoyah for everything. Mr. Sanzer, I have good news and bad news. You know that story? How much? There were two people that played baseball every Sunday. And they made a deal. 
Well, one of whoever dies first will come back and tell you, will tell his friend if they play baseball in heaven or not. Sammy died first, but five years later he came to Henry in the dream. He says, Henry, Sammy, that's you. He says, Henry, Sammy, how are you doing in heaven? He says, I'm doing wonderful. Do you have what to eat? I have wonderful. Henry, I have good news and bad news. So what's the good news? The good news is we play baseball in heaven. What's the bad news? You pitching tomorrow. <laughs> Mr. Sanzer, that's a shine. Once a Tomim has the S, the cash and take the Mimim. Mr. Tomim. So your children will always be Tomim, Mr. And not only that, they'll be Makar of you, and they'll be Makar of your older children, your married children, and you'll all be Chabad You shouldn't have any worse clothes in your life. <laughs> it took many, many hours of digging and research. I put it up on eBay, as a matter of fact, and I found a buyer. Who should present Mr. and Mrs. Lamberg with the Hakaras Atayu for what they've done for us? The winner came from up in New York, somewhere West Chester. Where are you from? West West Hempstead. He came way back from the 60s. I wouldn't remember such years. In the 60s. I'm much too young for that. 36 years he's teaching now. And he says, I say thank you to Mr. Lambert because the only way I could persevere like that is because what Mr. Lambert gave me. Mr. Lambert was my life and inspiration and therefore I am now teaching today 36 years later. And therefore Mr. Irving Gala said it would be the biggest pleasure in the world for me to present Mr. Lambert this evening. Mr. Irving Gala. What am I present? What am I presenting? I gotta get it. Okay. While I'm waiting for the award to be passed this way, uh, just coincidentally, Mr. Lamberg had mentioned a time where there were economic hardships in the yeshiva, and uh, and Rabbi Fo- the story with Rabbi Fogelman and Rabbi Tannenbaum. Well, one thing that I wanted to recount, in addition to teaching the three R's, in addition to spelling baseball, which was absolutely wonderful. Uh, Mr. Lamberg also imparted to some rather naive 8th grade students lessons in advanced private sector economics because once a month when someone came in to deliver that envelope Mr. Lamberg would proudly proclaim here comes another bounce to <laughs> So Okay. Um, so, oh no, I'm not reading it. Do we get to do we get to take it out and show it to him? Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll find out. Okay. If I may, 
I think I'm presenting. The, I think I'm presenting this to you. <laughs> very, uh, very grateful to be given the opportunity to present to you. This is what is this? This is oh my gosh! It's beautiful, a beautiful crystal bowl. Bakar, a beautiful Baccarat crystal bowl. For those of you who know crystal, this is crystal from the crystals. Very pleasure, very pleasure. Mr. Lambert, can you please come up? Can we present this to you? Thank you for all you've done for all of us over the years and for the inspiration you've given all of us. And may you have many more long years of continued good health and happiness. Gentlemen, use the correct word. Inspiration does not mean shape. You are inspired by an individual. You are shaped by your own life. Just a thought. I do not have greatness. I'm not Abraham Lincoln, whatever. Malice toward none with charity for all. Believe it or not, I know you're looking at your watches and you're trying to figure out, wait a minute, we're supposed to long be holding by benching. The uh, chazan that I asked to come in did not come. Uh, D, I think the white wine, the wine is on my table. Where did I put it? you have it. Mr. Aaron Pinson, please raise your hand. Yonder. Shiva si ayna yin ke kham 